from the studios of Teeing It Up in uh, the swamps of Jersey and Burlington. I think I got that right. Burlington, North Carolina. This is Teeing It Up with Jeremy. I'm sorry, Teeing It Up presents the Sunday Spring. Excuse me. Doing three shows in four days. I got the names wrong. Um, with actually three shows in three days. I apologize. Uh, with Luke Morrow here on the Sunday Sprint, the last regular season Sunday Sprint. We moved to Saturdays for two weeks starting next week. Why are you in Burlington, North Carolina, Luke? Oh, you know, just my travels take me on the road. Um, and uh, I'm on the road now for the next week. we got uh, got games coming up uh, throughout the, the upstate of South Carolina as well this next week. All right, so from preview this for the folks. If they want to hear Citadel basketball, where uh, who are you playing and what are you doing? Well, the Citadel, they play, uh, they get into conference play now, Southern Conference, and that's that's big in the Southern Conference. You know, uh, the maybe the average basketball fan may not be all that familiar, but it's a really good conference this year. They already have four teams with uh, nine wins or more, and uh, so the Citadel they get back into conference play with the two best teams in the conference right now uh, when they take on Wofford, and then they have to go to Furman, who is just in the top twenty-five. And those games are coming up later on this week. Furman is a great golf program, very prestigious golf program. Um, in case you're wondering, Bur- Burlington is a town that is kind of halfway in between Greensboro and Chapel Hill. Um, it's along uh, the wonderful Route 87 that I'm sure you traveled last night, uh, just north of Interstate 40. It's on the intersection of 87 and 70. Um, and then there's 840 to bypass Greensboro. Um, that's nearby to the west. So that's... We have, we've, yeah, well, you know, that's, uh, I, I think... Come off season, that's what the show should become, where we just pick a random city, like uh, like who is that CBS News reporter or whatever, and then we're just gonna we're gonna just do fifteen minutes on that town. Uh, I don't think we have time for that. I mean, I but 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 ask me this: Did you check out Rocky Hill after we hung up last week? Uh, I have not seen the Rocky Hill. I told you to do it for the show. Come on. Well. Uh, I'll have to go back, and I'll expense it, you know, as a as a business trip, and I'll write it off on the show. Okay, can I? All right, who cares about the Sunday Sprint for a second? Let's just do this live. If you don't access Rocky Hill in the next year, do I get to do a weekly golf segment on the Morrow Morning Show starting for 2020? If that happens, I'll have to move back to Rocky Hill. <laughs> Are you saying the program director would fire you if I if I did a weekly golf if you had me on for a weekly golf segment? I'm not saying that. <laughs> this is what <clears throat> excuse me. This is what Luke and I go uh, go through off the air. It's a lot of fun. What is even more fun is watching your Vikings have to win today. Uh, they control their own destiny. You've wanted this game forever, and now you got it. You face Chicago. You got to wait till four twenty-five. It's a long day. Or the Citadel have everything? Are you fully off? Yeah, you know it's uh, yeah yeah. Uh, what do you say? This is a this is gonna be a fun day. I we'll we'll find out. Talk, talk to me at seven thirty. We'll see how fun today is. Um, yeah, I mean a win in a in situation for the Vikings. So you know you just want the opportunity to control your own destiny. And that's what they have, and, and this is a game that, that you have to win. Um, when you look at the schedule, you talk about it kind of being a long day. 
you know, there's not a ton of intrigue with the one o'clock games, and then all the good games really start at four thirty. So it is kind of a wait around for fans like myself, I guess, for these teams that play the important games. You're just waiting around all day to build the tension, but uh, it, it should be fun. And you know, this is why you bring Kirk Cousins in, and so I think he has this unfair reputation amongst football fans or the national media, but today is his opportunity to be able to, to stop that and kind of shut up the critics and flip the narrative if he goes out there and plays well like he really needs to. And then what is your other scenario? You lo- you get in your if who loses? If the Eagles lose, if the Vikings lose, they then need the Eagles to lose and they still get in. But if okay. the Vikings lose and the Eagles win, well, then it'd be a very disappointing season for Minnesota. And the uh, the train would keep on chugging in Philadelphia with Nick Foles. Now, what's interesting about this is you were a uh, Ram fan last week, and they did not do their job um, because you basically needed the Rams to lock up the two seed to allow Chicago to have nothing to play for. Now they've got something to play for, which is the last thing you probably wanted. Yeah, and it's a very interesting scenario um, because as a Bears fan, and I haven't talked to any Bears fans, but I'm curious as a Bears fan what they would rather have. Obviously, you'd rather be the two-seed than the three-seed, but, but figure that the Rams are going to win today uh, like they should. Then what would the Bears, what scenario would they rather have? Play the Vikings for a second straight week next week, but at home, or would they rather get the Eagles? Now, according to Vegas, the Bears would be favored by more against the Eagles, meaning that Philadelphia should want to take on Philly and meaning that they should go out there and try to win today, uh, as I'm sure they're going to because of the home field scenario. Uh, the Vikings fan, yeah, obviously you wish, you know, they're arresting all their starters, but hey, I mean, you were in the NFC Championship last year. If you want to be a playoff team, you should be able to win at home against the Bears. The Vikings have won each of the last five years uh, at home against the Bears. They have the number one at home defense this year, and the Bears, I talked about it last week, and they almost lost in San Francisco, but they're not nearly the same on the road. Their defense goes from, you know, top five in the league at home to actually bottom five on the road, and, and Trubisky doesn't play as well. So, hey, this is a scenario where on paper, I don't care about the records and all that stuff. I mean, the Vikings, this is obviously not only a must-win to get in the playoffs, but a game that they should win anyway. So, the things are, are, are lining up for them to, to get the job done today against the Bears. And I know the Bears, due to injuries, they're going to be missing a few starters to begin with, and we'll see uh, how, how serious they take the game for all 60 minutes. Um, as, as just a housekeeping matter, this is the time of year where those who watch a lot of football know you can get some weird situations with game times, uh, especially in this slot where you got a bunch of East Coast teams playing at 425 for TV purposes. Um, you've got scenarios where there's some issues. Um, this stadium obviously has a very unique layout in terms of the sun. Is the sun at 325 Central going to be an issue today in uh, Minnesota? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I don't think so. The only time it was ever, it's never really been an issue. The only time that it was really uh, uh, even just part of, of, I guess, the game, you would say, was like uh, preseason, like the first game they played in there for some reason. I don't know if they've done anything since, but it was really bright and really sunny. And and I forget what time that game was even played, probably a 1 o'clock game on on a Sunday. But but otherwise, uh, regardless of what time they've played, just from a fan perspective, sitting at home watching the game, you know, it's never been mentioned. It, it, watching the game, it's never seemed to be an issue. So I would imagine no. Okay. You've got a, a, a clouds to start, some sun late forecast today uh, in Minnesota. Let's now talk about this Philly game against Washington. I, I said it a couple weeks ago on this program, hot take, is Nick Foles better than Carson Wentz? And here we go. 
Um, the Nick Foles show is back, and he may be the better quarterback for this team. Right? This is not a knock against Carson Wentz. This is just saying right now in this offense, in this system, uh, Car- uh, Nick Foles is the better quarterback. Uh, yeah, I would say right now, I would agree. Uh, as in yeah, today, who would you rather have if Wentz was healthy? I mean, the way this season has played out right now today, I'd rather have Foles. Uh, long-term love on the Eagles. This doesn't change my plan or my, my opinion. I'm still rolling with Wentz moving forward, and I wish Foles the best of luck in free agency. So that's kind of the biggest story for me today because I'm hoping that the Vikings could take care of business and the Eagles are just kind of flying out the string today. Uh, but either way, whether they're trying to get into the playoffs or not, you know, Foles, this is his last, could be his last audition before free agency, and he's really increased his stock here the last two weeks, and so he has another opportunity where coming out, he'll probably be the number one uh, free agent quarterback. I'm trying to think who else to maybe, you know, maybe Joe Flacco would be up there, but Foles yeah. obviously will be, be a hot commodity. But I could see him kind of being like a Ryan Fitzpatrick, where uh, almost like with the Jets a couple years ago when the Jets gave him that, that contract after that good year. I could see him going to another team and turning back into the Nick Foles in the last couple of years. I think this is just like a perfect storm situation for him in Philadelphia. Third biggest NFL on, on, uh, free agent quarterback is uh, one of your old best friends, Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, and he's gonna he's gonna play today. Yeah, he gets an audition. Big audition for him. Yeah, um, against and now this is. Have you heard the Jim Nance theory about the Saints? I have not. Okay, that this is just a, a total side. Jim Nance, who as you know, um, loves unique stats and unique stories. He's got a stats guy, Tommy Spencer, um, who is the best in the business at finding these kind of unique stats. He sees a lot of parallels between this Saints team and the one that won the Super Bowl in 09. That team lost, was 13-3 and in the regular season, and lost to Carolina, Tampa, and Dallas. And if the Saints lose today, and they are resting everybody, now Carolina is starting, I don't know who these people are. I mean, seriously, Garrett Gilbert, where, where did you come from? And Kyle Allen has no connection to... Kyler Murray, who you saw last night, it can get very confusing. Um, anyway, if they lose today, they will lose again in a season, finish 13-3, and and lose to Carolina, Tampa, and Dallas. You know, I did hear that. I didn't know it came from Nance, but uh, it is an interesting parallel. I, I am not claiming ownership that it was Nance who first thought up the stat, but it's who I, it's who I personally heard it from. Gotcha. Well, if Teddy Bridgewater wins today, maybe Nance could give him his tie. <laughs> Nance has stopped doing that, by the way. Oh, okay, good. He got, he got too much publicity, and he just stopped it. Yeah, all right. But I will use this as an opportunity to say that if you buy a Vineyard Vines tie with the Jim Nance, the, on the Jim Nance line, the money gets donated to his Alzheimer's Research Hospital in Houston. Um, and there's also bags you can buy. There's some other products on the Jim Nance line with Vineyard Vines. And uh, either this spring or next spring, you'll see a Jim Nance full apparel line with th- with Vineyard Vines for, with all the money going to the Alzheimer's uh, Hospital. Well, that's good. You can use this as a segue if you want. But, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we had uh, Buck do his first ever Jaguars game. Yes. His first Titans game in like five years or something. Yes. And today, Nance, I mean, is this the first time he's ever going to do a Cleveland Browns game? Uh, besides Thursday Night Football, yeah. Thursday Night Football, he did everybody. So if you throw that out, yeah. This is his first time in a long time. And this is, 
the first time he, he was on Cleveland radio this week. His wife's from from Cleveland, um, so he appears on 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 Cleveland radio a lot. This is his first. This is just the first time the Browns have been the primary 425 game, which was then 415 since 2001. Jeez. <laughs> it's been a while. So, yeah, no, this is a very rare appearance for the Browns. He got that time with them um, doing Thursday Night Football, but if you throw that out, yeah. Um, so isn't it so Cleveland that it's only there because of their opponent? Like it doesn't—it doesn't even have to do with them. It's well, no, but it's Baker Mayfield, who I believe is going to win this game for them. I think they're going to go eight seven and one. I think Cleveland wins this game. I think they're—they may be the better team. I think Lamar Jackson is not ready for what Greg Williams is going to throw at them, and I think Cleveland wins this game. I think it'll be close. I like Cleveland. I know they're like a six-point underdog. I'm taking Cleveland with the points, but I think the Ravens may pull it out by like a field goal. I think it's going to be really close. I think the Browns will give them a great fight. I mean, this is Cleveland Super Bowl. They have a chance to have their first winning season in 11 years. Uh, Greg Williams called it, you know, their playoffs. Yeah, six and a half, by the way, for the line. Six and a half, okay, yeah. I like it even more than it's gone up. Uh, give me give me the Browns against the points. But, um uh, and Greg Williams, like you kind of touched on, I mean, we know the kind of coach he is. Uh, you know, he went out there and they injured Kurt Warner, they injured Brett Favre. I'm not saying there's going to be anything intentional today, but you got a quarterback who runs around a lot against this aggressive style of defense. And sooner or later, it's going to run its course for Lamar Jackson. These guys just can't last. He ever just to throw it 24 times and run it 21 times. I mean, he runs almost half of his plays. He just can't do that. So uh, at a certain point, you know, it's going to run its course. I think the Ravens do get the job done today, though, because um, – uh, they have the number one defense in the league. Baker Mayfield has had a really good rookie year, but the Ravens, this is their season on the line. Uh, they're at home today, right? And uh, so Mayfield to go in there and go up against that defense, I think he may struggle just enough that the Ravens are going to pull out a close one. I have a cool story for you. So Nance appears on Cleveland radio, and he gets a lot of complaints from fans in Columbus. Uh, the the uh, radio station does. Um, Columbus was showing the game we're next going to talk about, which is Cincinnati-Pittsburgh. Columbus, Ohio, for those of you who are not uh, geographically inclined, um, Columbus, Ohio, excuse me, let me just get a map up so I can correctly say this, is basically midway between Cleveland and Cincinnati. Cleveland is in the very northern part of the state. Cincinnati is in the southwestern part of the state and is right next to the Kentucky border. In fact, I did an article for PJ Magazine this week about somebody whose golf course is literally on that border and who a friend of mine parks in this uh, town where this golf course is located to go to Cincinnati Reds games because it's cheaper to park on the Kentucky side of the border than it is on the Ohio side of the border. Anyway, they wanted to see the Browns. And they were getting the Bengals, and they were complaining. And Nan says, the way this works is that New York, the CBS offices in New York, give out the games to 308 CBS affiliates, all of them, on like a Monday uh, this week. But it's usually 12 days in advance. And then the general managers of each station have the ability to overrule New York and go back and say, no, we want this game instead of this game. They were originally supposed to get the Browns game. They got switched to the Bengals game. And Nan said, basically, look, this is up to the general manager. A flood of complaints came into the, to the TV station, and they have switched back, and 10 TV in Columbus will show the Browns today. I did see that story because of uh, our good friends at 506 Sports. Who yes. Did a good job. Um, and that's, that's, yeah, that's fascinating. 
it happened earlier this year. I think when the Browns did they play the Colts this year? I think they've been. It was a, like a September game, and uh, they didn't show the Browns for I don't know if it was that area, but somewhere in Ohio. And so many people got upset that they had to put uh, uh, like one of those readers on the bottom of the screen. The network did um, apologizing that Baker Mayfield wasn't on their TVs and that they had to show whatever game it was, the Bengals, whoever it was. So uh, it's happened a couple times. You know, it's Baker Baker fever there in Ohio. Everyone wants to see him, and they haven't had the opportunity to every week. Well, today is a huge stage for him. He wants to go out there. He wants to trash talk uh, Hugh Jackson and do things on the sidelines, uh, gestures, and stare him down. Let's see what he has against the number one defense today when the Ravens have something on the line. All right, Pittsburgh's reeling. Um, I think they win this game just because Cincinnati is horrible. I, if, if, this is a, if this was a better opponent, I, I, I think Pittsburgh loses. Yes, I agree. I think they go out there, I think they kill the Bengals, and I think this may finally be the final game for Marvin Lewis on the Bengals' sidelines, and it could be an embarrassment. Wasn't he just extended? Did he? I didn't see that. Did he? No, I'm... I, uh, didn't we laugh on the show at some point this year about Marvin Lewis's contract status? I, I don't know. I mean, we could do it every year. Uh, <laughs> but it's still there. I think this is finally it, though. But and I said a couple of weeks ago on this show, my show, I don't know, but I think you know it's going to be one of those where uh, he's going to step away. It'll be like a retirement, but I think almost kind of getting pushed out the door. And then I wouldn't be surprised if Hugh Jackson steps in, which would be a bigger joke. But I think the Bengals get embarrassed today because the Steelers. I mean, this is their season. Obviously, uh, they've been embarrassed, and the Bengals are just all but I don't think Pittsburgh gets the help that they need. So they'll kill the Bengals, but I think the Ravens win, and the Steelers are on the outside looking in as one of the most disappointing teams in the last handful of years because they had two losses after week 11. I mean, going into week 12, they had two losses. They're not going to make the playoffs. And this week, you have a defensive coordinator talking about a scouting report on a tight end who's been injured for weeks. I mean, I don't know what's going on in Pittsburgh, but it's not good. And this is going to be a real embarrassment if they don't get into the playoffs after the way this season went. And just the way they, they handle themselves both on and off the field with the amount of mistakes, the amount of drama that they bring into that organization. Uh, he, he, he is primed to be fired. And, he's, and he said uh, one day ago, quote, uh, my status is not a concern of mine at this time. Um, he's only focused on the game. Again, I keep telling you guys, don't worry about the coaches and their future. Coaches don't worry about the future. They got into coaching and their future is just day to day. That's all it is. So, you know, it's not a warrior concern of mine. Um, yeah, well, you know, that's what they say publicly. But, I mean, we're all human. I can guarantee you that they, when they go back to their office or whatever it may be, they're all thinking about it. And they all feel the pressure. I mean, Steve Wilkes made a joke. Poor Steve Wilkes in his first year, he made a joke because they didn't even have a podium for him at his press conference. Uh, making a joke about this is the end of his time there. I mean, you know, these guys realize what's going on, and it's unfair for Wilkes, but that's a whole other conversation. Last season, he earned a two-year contract extension. That's what I was thinking of. But okay. but he's for still... What, a, what year? Yes, but he's he's basically on the hot seat, so... Right, right. Uh, you know, the Bengals are such a cheap organization, although there's been rumors that they'll just turn him into a front office role, so, you know, if they're paying him, they're going to get something from him, but... Uh, we'll see. I think this may be it. Okay. Uh, we, we're, we're going way long, but uh, n- neither of us really care about that. Um, I forgot what game was next here. Um, uh, just Sunday Night Football, I think. Uh, uh, is, is that really... I've sent, I've sent too many text messages this morning. Why do I do that? Why do I do this, Luke, to myself? Well, you're just, uh, you have so many people to respond okay, to. Okay, we were talking about uh, Baltimore-Pittsburgh, the Vikings, and for, yeah, Sunday Night Football, playing your in. Are you ready for the Blaine Gabbert show? Um, and I say this, 
and and I, I would normally say it's funny, but it sounds like we've got some serious life issues here with Marcus Mariota and the stinger, according to Mort. Um, this is not good for his health. I, I wish the best to him. This is not what you want to see the day before, uh, sorry, the, the morning of your biggest game to hear that your star quarterback might have some permanent life issues on the line. Um, but basically, he uh, this could be Blaine Gabbard in the playoffs. Yeah, it could be. You know, everyone was so up in arms about the NFL and the rules this year, but we went through probably two-thirds of the season with, like, all but Jimmy Garoppolo injured, and then now the quarterbacks have become more banged up, and uh, we get this great, you know, Christmas weekend game, Redskins-Titans last week, and it turns into Josh Johnson and Blaine Gabbert. You know, Merry Christmas, everybody. And then we get tonight, Blaine Gabbert again with the season on the line, so... Uh, you know, he's, he's 2-0 as a starter this year. He came in in relief, won a game last week. They've actually played better somehow with Blaine Gabbard than, than Marcus Mariota. But, uh, I mean, come on, I can't see Gabbard out-dueling Andrew Luck tonight unless, uh, I haven't checked, but I heard concerns the other day about weather. And if there are weather issues, you know, the Titans can run the football better. Luck's prone to turnovers. That may be the equalizer. But otherwise, I think Andrew Luck becomes the first-ever quarterback to improve to 11-0 and against a team. Um, as somebody who has um, been in this spot, you guys were in this spot at some point a couple of years ago, right? Game 256? Yes. Um, yes, 2015 against the Packers at Lambeau. What was it like waiting around all day? Yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was crazy. It was stressful. You know, that year was a little bit different because, uh, well, if I remember correctly, I think they were going to be the wild card regardless and I gave him a division I believe but you know that was an instance where kind of different from today I was really confident that day so I was looking forward to the game because I thought they were going to win and then when the game came like it was a really fun exciting time today I'm kind of dreading 430 because I'm fearful of the worst but they may get knocked out of the playoffs but that was a lot of fun yeah it was a long day uh also 2012 they did it with the Packers beat them that night too so um it's it's a long crazy day and then when the game's going on it can be really thrilling especially if you win if you lose that's heartbreaking but at least you're able to enjoy all of the other games before the heartbreak uh yes uh, there is some weather concerns we have uh showers at eight o'clock and 51 and then it goes rain 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 um with the chances going up as it goes on, so yeah, sloppy in Nashville is a is a good uh, a a good theory going into tonight. So uh, my thing on this is this is the resurgence of Andrew Luck. This is the resurgence of a Colts offense. Frank Reich has been such a good addition for that team. Josh McDaniels rejecting that role or deciding he wanted to not as, as you know stay in New England and stuff has been such a a, a boost for them and just a really good situation for Indianapolis to me they're a year ahead of schedule I did not think Andrew Luck would be this good this fast after sitting out for so long this is this I think is that they to me are the team that has nothing to lose here the Titans have more to lose just because of the expectations that have been put on them ever since they drafted Mariota I, I agree the expectations for this year in particular and they're at home tonight uh, I'll say this about the Colts I still think they're a year away. I can see them getting to like the AFC Championship this year if they get in because of the way the playoffs may line up. I still think they're a year away, but, but when the Patriots finally step aside, the Colts may become the new the new dynasty in the AFC because they really have all the pieces. They have an underrated defense, number one defense since, uh, in terms of points, I think, since week five or seven. Like, they, you know, the defense doesn't get talked about, and Andrew Luck's playing great. The offensive line is one of the best now in the league. They got all the pieces. 
All right, Luke, uh, unfortunately, we've come to the end of our radio program. Aww. Thank you. See, we nailed that. It took us like five seasons, but we, we did nail this. Um, so, we start with the game of the day, which I think for most people is Sunday Night Football, but for me, has to be Todd Bowles' last game as Jets coach. <laughs> no, it, it is seriously Sunday Night Football. Um, your your sleeper game. Oh man, I mean that's hard to choose. We talked about the games of relevance. I'll say, um, you know, what? I'm actually going to say your Jets because Sam Darnold's been one of the best quarterbacks over the past month. Played great last Playing week. For the two seed. He played fantastic. Uh, but, yeah, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. We keep talking over each other just because of our excitement for Sam Darnold. Who would have thought that? Yeah, I know. So I'm going to give your Jets some love. Well, let's see if they play inspired for Todd Bowles. I'll go with that one. I, I think that oh, some of this has to do with Houston because if they look at the scoreboard, and, and Belichick is so weird, but if they look at the scoreboard and see, you know, Houston up big or down big or whatever, and they get a fast lead, uh, Pats are 14-point favorites, you, you have to wonder if they if they pull, and then once they pull, what the heck happens? Um, so it's an interesting scenario on that front. By the way, my, my sleeper game is this Jacksonville-Houston game. I, th- I think Jacksonville wins this game. I'm, I'm still not a Houston believer. Um, I think Jacksonville comes out of nowhere and kind of wins this game. Wow. Well, I am concerned about Houston, but I don't know if Blake Bortles can go into Houston and win. Um, your game to watch golf during that is not Carolina-New Orleans. Yeah, I mean, all the games that we didn't talk about, I guess, Dolphins-Bills, uh, that's terrible. Maybe Adam Gates' final game. Um, Falcons-Buccaneers. That, that, that was my choice. Yeah, that's just a waste. Uh, and this Dallas-New York game that is going to too much of the country. I get that the Fox 1 p.m. slate's not very good, but still, how is that game going to that much of the country? Yeah, good question. Um, but yeah, Falcons-Bucks, can't get me up for that one. Um uh, the upset special is is for me Jacksonville Houston, but I, I it, this is weird just because of teams that could. Cl- I mean, you you look at a, a, a Kansas City scenario here, right? Kansas City, um, depending on what uh, on what the the Pats and and Houston do in the one p.m. slot, this Chiefs game suddenly could just be you know, um, if you're the Chiefs. I think you have to play Mahomes and them the whole way just because you want to go to the end and then and, and get some mojo back. And you look at the Chargers, and yes, they can win that division. If the Chargers get a big lead, do you pull everybody? This is very weird when it comes to teams playing at the same time who, who are already in. When do you decide, okay, we're out? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, if I'm the coach, I don't want the other scores on the scoreboard. I treat the game like we have to go out there, we have to win. And then if it, uh, you know, I'd have one guy on staff who's not a coach and say, you know, tell me if it's like a 21-point game in the fourth quarter. And then I would pull my guys real late. But I went, if I'm the Chargers, you know, I'm going out there expecting to win, needing to win, and I'm playing Phil Rivers. I'm treating it like a normal game. If, it's a, if we're blowing them out, if we're up comfortably in the fourth quarter, I'll take them out. But otherwise... You know, I, I still believe in getting ready for the playoffs. The Raiders, though, that is my upset alert. Maybe I'm being a prisoner of the moment, but I could see the Chiefs a situation where they blow the one seed today. Um, it, right now, the, this is just a hypothetical. Who wins a Chiefs-Chargers matchup right now? I, I would take the Chargers. I yeah, think I think Chargers. a lot of people would, too. That team is just surging. 
Yeah, I think. Well, I think on paper they have the most talent of the, of the AFC. Imagine if the AFC has to go through a soccer stadium. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I know. Imagine if it's the Rams Chargers in the Super Bowl too. I mean, what? I don't think anybody would care out there. No. And Al Michaels said, "I told you both of the. I told you Los Angeles could handle two cities. Uh, sorry, two teams." Yeah, we'll see. I told you. Um, all right, your player to watch today. Uh, all the quarterback auditions, even with Blake Bortles, who may be available, um, Nick Foles, Teddy Bridgewater, they're going to have a huge impact in the next couple of months. I'm not going to say Kirk Cousins, but we all know he's, he's got to do something. Okay, hold on a second. How can Teddy Bridgewater be a showcase when he's not going to have any of his talent? Uh, well, he's still, it's his first start in three years, you know, he's come, he still hasn't started a game since that knee injury, you just want to... I know, but I'm, I'm just saying, like, I, I would assume Kamara's not playing, right? I would, if you're not playing Drew Brees, yeah, you shouldn't play any of the guys. But, right, but, so, so you're, you're trying to play the least amount of people that you need to to be able to just function in a football game, basically. I, I, I get it that, that that teams probably want to see Bridgewater scramble ability, see how he moves in the pocket, see if he's scared, etc. But I think the Nick Foles of the world and the Blake Bortles of the world have a much better chance against the legitimate, you know, playing legitimate games, um, and and especially in the case of a of, of a Blake Bortles playing against a team trying for a playoff spot and Foles. You know, trying to get his team into the playoffs. I, I think those are better auditions than Teddy Bridgewater. No offense to him, but when you when you're playing nobody, I mean, it's nobody. No, I agree with you. For ranking them, I, I'm I'm with you. I was just grouping them all together. But I will say, fair or not, I think maybe because of the story, there's a lot of love for Teddy Bridgewater. Oh, 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 totally, and it's a great comeback story. I'm, I'm I'm not taking anything away from the start for Teddy Bridgewater. I'm just saying in terms of auditions. I don't think that his audition matters as much as, as, as some of these other people, but it's a great story, and I, I give Sean Payton credit for, A, being smart and not taking away his number one asset, which is Drew Brees. I mean, you can't let... I, I, I get it that, that's, that's, that some teams like momentum and mojo. This team does not run correctly if Drew Brees is not the quarterback. Right, and he looked tired. Uh, he played well the last couple of weeks, but he went through a four a month stretch there where he just looked tired as a as a third. Yeah, so I mean, this is the smart move. Get him the heck out of there. Nobody cares, um, you know, about this game in New Orleans unless you want that thirteen and three record to match up with 09. Um, but I, I am extremely happy for Teddy. He was great with the Jets, and it's been a long road back. Um, my player to watch. Um, I, I don't know. I don't have one. Um, I need one, though, don't I? Te- technically, to close out this segment. Eli Manning. This is this, this. Some think this could be Eli Manning's last star as a giant quarterback. I, I disagree, but uh, Saquon Barkley, I think, on a couple screen passes could uh, get him some more touchdowns today. Should be his last star, but I'm afraid it may not be. That's going to be interesting, by the way. If Dallas gets up big, does Pat Shermer pull... Saquon Barkley to preserve him for 2019. Yeah, I mean, that's something to watch here because they've got nothing to play for. Dallas is basically playing for seeding, um, I think, right? Or or, or are they locked in? I I believe they're locked in. Yeah. This is just a a weird scenario here where they're going to play the starters in in New York, but you got to wonder do you yank Saquon at some point? 
just because of of how dynamic he is, and and he's a gamer who never wants to come out. But do you pull him at some point? Yeah. Um, just just something to keep in mind. Um, so anyway, um, I believe that is our. Um, I'm sorry, I, I was looking up to, to see anything about this. Um, a giant rookie, um, and uh, this may go down as, as weirdest injury of the year, Jawil Davis, best known as the rookie backup wideout for the Giants, who had a career best against uh, the Titans when he uh, hauled in two catches over 13 yards, um, was placed on injured reserve after, and I apologize for laughing, dislocated his patella while dancing in the locker room. Well, that is fascinating. That is a new one. Um, um, says Ian Rappaport of NFL Network, uh, it's a slight dislocation. The season is over. Um, Paul Schwartz of the Post uh, described Davis getting hurt, quote, while horse playing. Um, but yeah, that's uh, interesting. Not the way you want your season to end, Luke. No, these guys got to be careful of all these crazy dances they're doing in the locker rooms. And 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 after touchdowns, you know, we got some people jumping over people. We don't want that. That's right. All right, Luke. Thank you as always. We'll see you on Saturday next week. You ready for 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 two weekends of Saturdays? Uh, I'll let you know at uh, like seven thirty. <laughs> Uh, you're going to be an interesting man next week if you don't make it in. <laughs> yeah, you're going to be an, you're going to be an interesting man. Thank you, Luke, and enjoy your football Sunday, everybody. <laughs>